What is going on, everyone, and welcome back. This is a week for All In Quarantine Edition. We are all still again meeting over Zoom call, recording this. Shout out to Jordan on our show, of course, again, producing this, being able to get all the audio and put it online for all you guys. As usual, Jordan's in the building. Cam Smith is in the building. Sir. Jimmy Guancion in the building. How's everybody doing? Cam Johnson, always here. How are we? And my name is Jesse Levine, and we're going to get into it. Last week, we did an entire mock draft, 1 through 16, of the NFL draft. Last night, the NFL draft happened. We're going to be going over our grades, our steals, a little bit of banter on different picks. Obviously, we got a lot of big news. Short Packers trading up to get Jordan Love. Um, Tampa trading up. We got a few questionable calls. We got Burrow going one, Chase Young going two. But we're going to get right into it with arguably the biggest news coming out of the draft. And Jordan's going to start us off with his grade for the Cowboys picking C.D. Lamb. I'm upset. I'm very sad. I am devastated. (laughs) C.D. Lamb is on the Cowboys. He was my number one wide receiver. He is an absolute monster. Uh, I think he like he has Hall of Fame potential, so I'm going to give the Cowboys an A-. minus. only reason it's a minus is because they have so many different holes. Uh, Travis Frederick retired, so they're missing an all-pro center. They don't have any plan to replace him right now. Their secondary is in shambles. Uh, they let Robert Quinn and Michael Bennett leave and have replaced him with Alden Smith, who is a former all-pro, but he hasn't played football in four years. So... They have a bunch of holes, but it's a great pick because they saw the opportunity to do what was worse for every other team in the division. Like they could have added a safety or a lineman and that would have been best for them. But them picking CeeDee Lamb is the worst pick for the Redskins, Giants, and Eagles. Like us Eagles, we were feeling high and mighty when we signed Darius Slay. We're like, all right, he's going to lock him down. You know, don't got to worry about Amari Cooper. But now there's three great wide receivers. Like it was just like, all right, you can maintain Michael Gallup. But now it's Damari Cooper, CD Lamb, and Michael Gallup. A minus. And Zeke. And oh yeah, and Zeke. Well, I was just talking <laughs> about real- like I was just talking about the passing game and like and, you and know, a real, secondary and a real head coach. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy guy. I he he should. It's a disservice that he only won one championship with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, I, I, Aaron carried him. Look, I think that what this speaks volumes to is the type of ownership that Jerry Jones has. This is a Cowboys team that wants to be talked about. This is a Cowboys team that wants to have their highlight reels on ESPN. And I think at times that the idea of winning and actually get putting a championship caliber team on the field drops below putting fans in the seats. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but a outside linebacker or a cornerback does not a lot of times put fans in the seats. Odell Beckham put fans in the seats for the New York Giants when they were bad. Um, I mean, the thing that puts the most butts in seats at the end of the day is winning. It's, win- it's, it's wins, but also a team that's exciting to watch. I'll tell you that Landon Collins for the Giants was not putting, even when he was the top two, three safety, was not putting anyone in the seats going, oh, man, I can't wait to go to the game to watch Landon Collins. People are going to go to Cowboys games going, I get to see three crazy wide receivers. They're going to have a really fun offense to watch between this Gallup, Cooper, CD, and uh, Zeke. Uh, Dak literally has no excuse now not to be an absolute superstar this year. And on the betting note, the fact that they have such a high-powered offense now and their defense has kind of dwindled, I could take the Cowboys on over in a lot of positions this year, truthfully, the way they're going to be scoring points and giving them up on the other end. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a team that had one of the better defenses this year, but I, they, it's going to go right back to their offense. If, if Prescott and Zeke and the team could you know, hit, hit their guys on receivers and Zeke could run the ball down the middle – like, if Zeke runs the ball well this year, they are scary because they're going to have to play up. They're going to get one-on-one coverages. They're going to be a tough team. But I Patty like C- the great – go for it. What were you saying? No, go for it. I was going to say to that point, CD, you know, when you add a guy like C.D. Lamb to the, you know, to the benefit of Ezekiel Elliott, 
you know, adding a guy like CD Lamb, another elite, well, not elite, but good wide receiver that you can line up for the Cowboys, you know, you're going to force defenses to, you know, stuff the box less and less, which is only going to open up room for Zeke, who admittedly on a big, you know, a big year from ever getting a contract kind of had somewhat of a down year. So I think this might, you know, be perfect for Zeke right now. It's going to help him open it up. Cam Johnson, I want to get you in on this pick. Do you think this this was an overreach from the Cowboys just going for highlights, or do you think this is actually a smart play for them? No, this is this is like a uh, a situation where he fell in the draft to 17. The Cowboys were surprised he was there. Um, so I feel like it's a great pick for the Cowboys. Do they have other needs besides wide receiver? Of course they do. But if you have a guy like C.D. Lamb still on the board at 17, you have to take him. And like I've been saying, Dak hasn't proven to me that he's the best quarterback in the NFC East or even a top five quarterback in the NFC. But he, this is his chance to prove it this year with the new weapons he's acquired. Zeke's going to open up the passing game for him because you have to pay so much attention to Zeke. And now that now that Z, uh, Zeke's going to get more touches and open the field, this is going to open the passing game for Dak, and I'd expect him to have a big year. Expecting to have a huge year. I mean, you, we saw the impact that Amari Cooper had the second that he came over to the team. He played an excellent receiver like Michael Gallupin, and now you put C.D. Lamb. I think one of the reasons why Alabama was just so effective uh, this year, why Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs went so high, um, was because they had three stud wide receivers. When you have three stud wide receivers, you just can't put double coverage. Like so, two of the three are going to get favorable coverages all day long. So they're going to be a nightmare. Jordan, I'm sorry for you. Because uh, the Eagles, even with them improving their defense, are still going to have a serious problem. Save your condolences play. for Sunday. Because if we get a corner today, I'll be I'll be feeling better. That's true. It's true. Why don't we stick with surprises? Cam Johnson, why don't you talk about uh, the Packers trading up here? Because I think that's what that's why I heard a lot of talk. I turned, I listened to Get Up this morning, and I Stephen A. Smith, of course, ranting for 30 minutes about this. So why don't you take us off from here? What's your great for now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Packers trading up and drafting Jordan Love was probably the biggest surprise of the draft. Um the Packers didn't need a quarterback. They needed targets for Aaron Rodgers. They needed defense. Because they missed the NFC Championship game last year, but they got exposed by the 49ers. Because once Devontae Adams went down, Aaron Rodgers was basically just throwing it up for grabs. And Aaron Rodgers was drafted when um, Brett Favre was 36, and now Aaron Rodgers is 36, and they're drafting Jordan Love. So this is basically a, a kick in the, the nuts to Aaron Rodgers saying, uh, you're on your way out. We're going to groom this new guy. You only have like two, maybe three years left with us, and then you're done. So, uh, you know, thanks, I guess. So uh, I have to give this pick a D plus or a D. Probably more, probably more so a D because they just the Packers just did not need Jordan Love to be drafted here. I guess if you're, if you're going for the future and you want to draft him playing for the future, that's fine. But it's not like Aaron Rodgers has, you know, completely fallen off the uh, Max Kellerman cliff here. So, <laughs> this is just something that the Packers didn't necessarily need, and it really just puts Green Bay in a bad position. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you uh, for multiple reasons. One is the fact that this is right. This is such a kick in the nuts to Aaron Rodgers and the um, and honestly, like people like um, you know Adams and others. Like this is this is just rough for them because this team went thirteen and three last year, and I don't care how bad of a team you thought this thirteen this thirteen and three team was because I said this is the worst thirteen and three team I've ever seen in my life, um, and I had. Um, I actually had Philly beating Seattle and then Philly beating. Um, we, we would have. We beat them. We're one of their three losses. I, I thought I thought that if Philly was going to beat Seattle and then beat Green Bay, that's how bad I thought Green Bay was. So I was so sure that they were going to at least get Aaron Rodgers some serious help here. This is 
so this looks so bad for Aaron Rodgers. I'm just say, yeah, he's 36 years old. Is that old in this NFL? No, Drew Brees is still playing great football. He's 41 years old. Tom Brady's 43. Philip Rivers is older. We'll see how Ben Roethlisberger plays, but he is 38. This is and Aaron. I don't think anyone could say Aaron Rodgers is playing any worse than he was four or five years ago. He went with worst talent this year, had one of the best record, he had the second best record in the league behind the Ravens, which went 14 and two, 14 and two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they went 13 and three, made it to the NFC championship game. How do you not go help improve the team? This is a terrible pick. And I think a D is being light. I would give this pick an F. How would you take a 13-3 and three team and not give it improvements to go to the Super Bowl? If you wanted to trade down or something or just keep your pick, that's fine. But why trade up? Jordan loves a project. Like, And I get that's kind of why they took him, so he could be ready in four years. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I'm starting to look at other places. Why stay, at, why stay at Green Bay? They don't value him. If I were Aaron Rodgers, I would say F you to the Packers. Because mm-hmm. essentially what they want him to do is you know, be competitive for the next few years and just groom Jordan Love to be the next Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah. I, if I were Aaron Rodgers, I'd be mad. I'd be really mad at the Packers. Jordan, Jordan I want to get you in on this here. I think it's a it's a good pick for the Packers for the future, but it really is a shame. Like, they're kind of punting on the year almost, unless they have a really, really solid rest of the draft. I mean, this is a really deep receiver class. Uh, Like, Green Bay even lost some receivers. So maybe K.J. Hamler would be a really good pick for them in this upcoming round. If he's there, he might not make it to – I think they're at like – they're around 60. uh, So he might not make it there. But there's there's still some time for them to get some receivers. I got to be honest. I see this pick as a complete slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, it is. It's a a what's up, Grandpa, all over again. It's – when you take in – to the deeper context of what a first round pick represents. It's, it's the player, especially when you only have one, like the Packers did in this instance. And when you trade up for it, especially your first round pick is supposed to be your guy. You know, you get, you get usually one pick, maybe two, if you're lucky in the first round and they drafted up to get a quarterback who was probably out of the best quarterbacks in the draft, the worst decision maker that there is. And, you know, right now in the current climate, especially in sports media, all that drafting Jordan Love does to the Packers is creates a narrative of, oh, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and all that's going to do is take away from the fact that the Packers were very good last year, realistically speaking, and fell short of it because they didn't have enough receiving help. And rather than maybe drafting down and taking a receiver tomorrow, they choose to draft up and take a quarterback when they essentially don't need one. I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would be pissed. That, uh, this is the first time that we've heard that the Packers – um, not the first time that we heard Packers don't care about Aaron Rodgers because they have had that narrative for years. Can can anyone name besides Adams one guy on their receiving core that would be a number two wide receiver on any other team that's a quality team? I can't. I would say Randall Cobb back in the day. Yeah, but no, no, no. Now, now, now in the last yeah. three, in the last three, four years, the last time, the last time they were good was Adams, Cobb, and Jordy Nelson. They won a, I'm pretty sure they won a Super Bowl um, around that time. I mean, they may have had Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. That was but, definitely uh, the Des Bryant, Des Bryant team, like when Des Bryant like caught true. it, but he didn't. Sure, sure, that sure. was that wide receiver core. Yeah, yeah, um, But their, their team, they, they have nobody now. Um, both, they have an old, an old Jimmy Graham who has been good since he left New Orleans. So I, I hate the pick. I mean, I actually, if I, if I would have given them credit, if they actually went and traded up to go get Judy and um, CD, who I think fell uh, way more than they should have. Because um, now you bring another receiver target. I, I just don't get it. I give the pick an F. I think it's horrible. Um, let's, go into, let's go into our next pick, because I just I don't even know how I'm, I was so devastated with it. Let's go to another team that I'm going to, that I think did a terrible job, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, two two overreaches. So when you have a deep draft class, I am in the huge mindset of 
you have the ability now to you have the leverage to trade down when it's your pick. There's no need to overreach when you have a huge when you have a stacked draft class, especially at wide receiver position. So unless they really think Henry Ruggs is the best receiver in this draft class, which I had him at three, I think a lot of us had him at three. Then I don't. Then I complete. I then I see a complete reach to uh, to take Henry Ruggs here. Taking the cornerback out of Ohio State, many people had him going second round. Why take him with the eight? Why take him uh, late first round? That makes no sense to me. Again, go trade down. So. I don't hate the picks necessarily. I hate the position of the picks. This, if they, if this was a, if they had the first pick at 16 and the second pick at, you know, at like the 40th pick, give them an A plus. But they had, but they had a, a early first rounder and a late first rounder, and they took a guy that was a mid to late first rounder and an early second rounder. Just terrible drafting. Got to give them a D plus for the Raiders. Um, there's one thing, though, that I think the reason why they took Henry Ruggs is because Derek, Call, Derek Carr, surprisingly, actually, stats-wise, is one of the best deep ball throwers in this league. Um, does, that, does that surprise anyone, hearing that Derek Carr is one of the best deep ball throwers? Not really, no. <laughs> I can see it. That, that, that MVP year that he had before he broke his, uh, broke his leg, that, he was terrific that year with uh, throwing the deep ball. Especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, he passes 20 yards or further. He completed 52.3% of his passes. That's actually, that's kind of outstanding, actually. So that could be something that they're looking at is he's going to, is that Henry Ruggs is a really deep ball threat. Kind of reminds me a lot of, as we talked about a little bit, the Sean Jackson um, style. Jordan, would you agree with that? Uh, he's he's a little different than Deshaun Jackson, where Henry Ruggs is a little bit better at route running. He's a little bit better. Actually, I shouldn't really say that because Djax is really good at intermediate routes. Um, he's a little bit more faster, but he's not as explosive as Prime Djax was. Uh, but they they are similar, yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I just I I think. I'm not big on overreaching, especially in a draft where you have the ability to, you know, trade down if you need. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me. I'm going to give them a D plus, not a big fan of either of the plays. They must've been system picks, but obviously I don't know that no one knows the Raiders system like mm-hmm. Rudin and the rest of them. So I'll give them a D plus that could very well be flexible though. Let's go to our next one. And the Niners trading back to 14 from 13. Cam Smith. Uh, yeah, so the San Francisco 49ers played in the Super Bowl last year. So they're already, as we know, an established elite team in the league. But they had two first-rounders yesterday, uh, both traded picks from past moves. Uh, they, they had one pick that I thought was great, one pick that I thought was not so great. Uh, the great one uh, that I thought that the 49ers did land was Javon Kinlaw, who – Behind Derek Brown, I think was easily the best defensive tackle in this draft. No doubt. I think it, you know, the 49ers, DeForest Buckner is gone as of this season. So you put Javon Kinlaw in, he's probably going to be league ready this year. Uh, I think it's just a good pick. It bolsters the D line for the Niners, which was already a strength of theirs. Uh, at this at that point in the draft at 14, I don't think it would have hurt them to take a wide receiver. But uh, on the topic of wide receivers, they ended up getting one later in the draft. And this is where I think they kind of fell short because they traded up uh, with my Vikings. They had the 31st pick. They traded up for the 25th. And this, this is the pick that I didn't really understand so much. Uh, they got Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Uh, he's, a, he's a speedy receiver. And, uh, you know, with Sanders gone, it fills a needed wide receiver. But they did kind of reach down for him a little bit, which I don't think they had to do. He would have probably stayed on the board had they uh, kept down to 31. So I think the trade up was unnecessary. I'd probably give them all together. I'd give the Javon Kinlaw pick. I'd say that's a that's an A minus B plus. It does nothing but improve an already good team. You know, more pressure with Bosa. Uh, and then on the last pick, I'd probably give that I pick a C C plus, just because the reach was unnecessary. He would have stayed, and because I think if you know all else failed and they didn't get Kinlaw, they probably could have gotten a better wide receiver at fourteen. So I'd probably say overall the Niners get for me like a B minus in their draft, their first round. I I agree with you on both takes. I was very surprised when the Niners 
traded up. I thought he was going to stay there as well, potentially even fall out of the first round. But one of the I was certainly we, fine with it, truth be told, as a Vikings yeah. guy. I didn't I mean, mind at all. I mean, especially as you guys drafted Jefferson, right? You know, you guys yeah. drafted him. So you didn't need another wide receiver to, mm-hmm. uh, to replace Stefan Diggs. Uh, the thing though, I like uh, the thing I like about it though is Kyle Shanahan's system has really shown that good wide receivers, not great, can easily work in his mm-hmm. system, as evidence of last year. So I understand. I definitely agree with them taking the wide receiver. I'm not again big on the trade up, and I think that when you have such a deep draft class, that draft picks are, you know, second, third round, fourth round picks becoming more and more important. You know. A late third round may turn to it may be valued at an early third round pick in any other draft. I will say in in this draft, it may be valued at more than another draft. uh, To the benefit of Brandon Ayuk, I will say one thing that he probably will will see when he plays with the 49ers is he's now playing with Debo. He's now playing with Kittle. He's probably going to get a lot of space. And one of the things that he excels at best is being a route runner, creating space for himself. So I think, you know, Given the circumstances, given that they, you know, they try to incorporate him to the pass game, he could be a sleeper. Honestly, I think they shouldn't have reached down for him, but I think he's a good wide receiver. I think it was a, it's, it's a decent pick. Yeah, let's go into the next one. We're getting these are going to be less and less controversial. Um, Tampa Bay trading up to thirteen since we just talked about that. Let's go to Tampa Bay talking trading up a pick for thirteen. I love, love, love this move and. Jimmy, I mean, a lot of us, we were on a Zoom call last night talking about this. And when the Giants were up, the name Tristan Wirth even came into that conversation at the fourth pick. I don't think that he fell, but it this draft class, I felt that was very hard to separate um, offensive tackles. Thought that they were all really good in different ways. But when you get a 42-year-old quarterback, you need pass protection. Tristan Wirth is a great pick for them. And I love them trading up the pick too, just to be secure, not giving up much. I actually thought when they traded up, the Niners were going to go and take a wide receiver there because they knew the uh, Bucks weren't. But them to be able to get their guy to protect Brady on the tackle position, love the pick. The dude's 6'5". Um, I mean, I'm just looking great at Great athleticism. Great athletic, I mean, great athleticism. A, An underrated run blocker, by the way, too, which for a, which a, a they team will, last year that struggled on the run will definitely help them open it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Comes from Iowa, which is a great school for yeah, offensive you, linemen. You can't get better linemen than out of Iowa. Those dudes eat probably 20 pounds a day. Out of yeah. I, I also like, and I know that, you know, Worth has, you know, they have him as a tackle, but if they need to, a lot of scouts like him as a guard position too. So I just like the flexibility there. A guy that could play at four positions on the line is, could be potentially huge. So I love Tris, uh, Tristan Worth at that pick. I'm going to give him an A for the pick. Um, I don't think really you could give out that pick any higher. Let's go to the our sixth pick, which is going to be Cam Johnson with the Falcons. So, the Falcons drafting, uh, what'd they pick? They AJ Terrell from Clemson, the cornerback. It's with 16. the 16th pick. Yes. Um, the Falcons losing Vic Beasley this offseason. Um, it was something that, you know, it happened, needed to happen. Um with um Henderson going ninth overall to uh to the Jaguars, this seemed like a uh, more of like a need pick um for the Falcons, like drafting a, a cornerback. Um he's a he's like a he's a press coverage cornerback. Um he can make up space. Um he's um Sounds like you're uh, kind of sounds like you're kind of iffy on the pick, but you like the talent. I mean, this just seems like a it's more of like a filling need type mm-hmm. pick. And with drafting Calvin Ridley last year, the Falcons, you know, they didn't necessarily need to go on offense. 
Um, they did lose Austin Hooper, and Matt Ryan's play has certainly been declining in the past couple of years, although their defense hasn't been good for the past few years. And if you want to build a, a team where you can compete for another Super Bowl, which they haven't been good for the past three, four years since they lost 51, um, they need to bolster their defense in any way possible. And A.J. Terrell is probably the second best cornerback in the draft for them to for, for them to draft besides um, Henderson from Florida. What do you give so, the pick? Uh, I give it a, a B minus. You know, it, it's not a it's not a great outstanding pick. It it, it seemed more of like a need pick than you know, yeah, than like mm-hmm. a talent pick. Yeah, yeah. They lost they lost Desmond Trufant this year. Uh, the secondary, you know. It keeps dwindling down each year. The Falcons, you know, haven't been competitive really since they got embarrassed by the Patriots a few years ago. So I think, you know, it definitely wasn't the best corner on the board at the time. There's certainly better players that they could have drafted, but it does fill a need at cornerback. You know, it gives a little bit of youth, a little bit of bolster to the secondary, which the Falcons are definitely going to need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's swing into our next pick. Um, Jimmy. Take us off with Denver taking Jerry Judy. Yeah, so uh, Denver grabs the second wide receiver off the board behind Henry Ruggs, his fellow Alabama wide receiver, Jerry Judy. Um, I mean, we all had him as either one or two uh, in our wide receiver rankings, uh, either in front of C.D. Lamb or behind C.D. Lamb. Yep. Um, But just look at what it does to that Denver offense. You have a young QB in Drew Locke who looked awesome last year. They just signed Melvin Gordon, and they still have Philip Lindsay at running back, which is a great one-two punch at running back. They drafted Noah Fawn at tight end. Um, that was last year or two years ago. Um, they also have Cortland Sutton at wide receiver, and now they add Jerry Judy, who is probably going to be their slot receiver. The kid is a great route runner, arguably the best route runner in the class. He's um, NFL caliber route running already. He has great speed. Uh, is good run after catch he has good hands he has the occasional drop of some easy passes which needs to be cleaned up a little bit but I think that he could definitely do that I'm gonna give the pick a B plus only because C.D. Lamb was still there and I personally think that he is the best wide receiver in this class and I think Jordan would agree but um, yeah I think it's a great pick for uh, for Denver uh, they they're gonna have a great offense next year. I think that's obvious. So yeah, I give them a B plus for that pick. I love I love the pick. I'd I'd go even higher than that. I'd probably give them an A. I just think that I mean I think we knew once that Denver was up, it was Denver's gonna take a wide receiver. It was gonna take C D or Judy or Judy, and then who else? So I think Denver just really lucked out, and I I'm gonna give them an A. Reg- Regardless if they took CD or Judy uh, or Jerry, Judy, I like Judy more uh, than CD. Just think he's slightly more athletic, and I like that. But I love, I just love the pick, and I think Denver fell into a like no lose situation. Where yeah, I mean, it was honestly pick your, uh, you know, yeah, they got to pick between the two best wide receivers in this draft class. And, and again, and I, this they took this, their guy. This brings me back to why are the Raiders? Why are the Raiders reaching so far to take Henry Ruggs? Unless there was speculation, which obviously we don't know, around the league that Ruggs was, Ruggs was liked by uh, teams more than uh, Judy and CD were. I think, I think that Ruggs was liked by one team in particular, and I think it's the only team that matters, and that's the Raiders. I mean, I think Gruden found his guy, saw how he could play into that offense, and said, I'm going to take him no matter what if he's there. And even if that meant passing up on a guy like Judy, and, um, you know, we can argue about that, but I guess we'll, we'll see what happens in the future. But either way, I think De- uh, Denver grabbing Jerry Judy is a great pick here just because he's here. I, I wasn't expecting, expecting him to even be here at 15. Um, yeah. yeah. But adding that to that offense, it's awesome. Jordan, what do you think a player like Judy's going to do for the development of Drew Locke now? Oh, it's going to be the best thing in the world for him because it's – it just makes it so much easier, especially someone like Jerry Judy, where he just creates separation with his feet. You know, it, it, he's one of those people where you can't really throw him inaccurately because it's not like you have to throw the ball into a tight window. Uh, but exactly. so it just, it just makes Drew Locke's life so much easier. He, 
like he might be like the most improved player next year. Yeah, to me, Jerry Judy just he he's gonna be a, a wide receiver that's gonna make quarterbacks look good, especially Drew Locke, just given how polished his route running is, you know, how good his hands are, how good his ball tracking is, how how he can contort his body in the air, how good of a deep route runner he is, especially you know, alongside Cortland Sutton. You know, I think the sky's the limit now for Jerry Judy, and it, and it definitely raises the ceiling of what Drew Locke's going to be able to do now. Not to mention the fact that he also has Melvin Gordon as his running back as well. Correct. And Philip Lindsay. And Philip Lindsay. That's that's a scary one-two combo. And Philip Lindsay's the perfect third-down running back now. Oh, he short, really is. Short guy that can move fast. Denver Broncos, another team, a lot of fun to watch this year. Still have Let's a good go. defense, too. Still have mm-hmm. a pretty good defense, too. Absolutely. Let's go into the next pick, the second quarterback taken off the board. Cam Johnson, take us away with the Dolphins. So the the Dolphins drafting to a number five is obviously, you know, high risk, high reward, given his injury history um, in college. You know, the most recent one with the broken hip. So this can be really good for the Dolphins or it can be really bad for the Dolphins. When two is healthy, he's arguably the best quarterback in this draft. And but that's the that's the thing he needs to stay healthy, and I like the pick. I don't know if I would have gone with Herbert or Tua. I feel like Herbert was the safer selection of the two. Just I thought they were going to take Herbert too, strictly off you know the injury history, and Herbert's more of a traditional pocket passer, in that not necessarily last year given the emergence of Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, but. That's what the NFL's really been. It's been, you know, pocket passer dominated league out of the quarterback position. So Tua, he's not exactly that pocket passer that that's really been the face of the NFL, you know, like the, the Tom Brady's, Peyton Manning's of the of the NFL. But honestly, it's a good pick for the Dolphins. They needed it. They needed a quarterback and in the end, they really did tank for two with Tagovailoa. Hmm. And with their second pick, they they took uh, Austin Jackson out of pit, yep. a tackle out of out of USC. Sorry, um, they needed to draft him oh. or not. They needed to draft a lineman at least. Um, so that that was a good pick for me. And then they drafted a cornerback with the thirtieth pick in the draft, I believe. Uh, I remember as a dude whose name was hard to say, Noah. Yeah, the the he's pick was stud. weird. They reached really far down for him. Uh, the cornerback from Austin. Yeah, stud. Both his they parents are Olympians. Have, uh, yeah, they already have uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I, I thought they were going to take uh, McKinney from from Alabama with this pick, yeah. uh, considering they need a safety. And uh, the dude from Auburn, the cornerback, Noah Igbonini or whatever, however you say his name, he's – um. He's going to be the third corner in that team, which is an interesting way to use the your third first pick, uh, first round pick in the draft to draft your third corner and not, you know, why another wide receiver or more offensive line help or D line help. It seemed like the Dolphins secondary was relatively solidified already, but I guess not. He's he's going to be the third corner, so. I would say I'd, I'd give the Dolphins draft overall a B. Um, the first two picks were really good, and then the third pick kind of disappointed mm-hmm. me for them. But uh, I would kind of I'd give it a B. It, it was good. It wasn't great. Yeah, Cam. To pull up an earlier point that you made about, uh, I think you nailed it on the head when you said that Justin Herbert would have been the safe pick. I think for me at least, that's why I love this pick so much by Miami. It's no secret. Miami's kind of been the laughing stock of the league for, you know, or at least one of them alongside Cleveland now for the past however long, for the past 10 years, 20 years, it seems, my whole lifetime. This pick, because it's controversial, because it's high risk, high reward, is what makes it such a great pick for the Dolphins. They brought out the Brinks trucks this offseason. They got Byron Jones, Kyle Van Oy. They added some serious depth to the team. And when you pick up a guy like Tua, it, it At least to me, it says, we're ready to take a risk. We're ready to go all in on a guy instead of someone who would have been a, you know, a safer option like Herbert to see if we can get the next superstar out of the draft. I think it's a ballsy pick by the Dolphins. I think it shows that they want to win. They want to compete now. And I'm, I'm, you know, I don't even like the Dolphins, 
but I'm I'm stoked for Tua and I'm stoked for Miami in general. Jimmy, I want to get you in here on this one. What do you think of the combination between taking the quarterback at five and then taking a tackle at 18? So do you think that that was the right decision there to pick both at those spots? I definitely think it was the right decision. I mean, um, of course, they didn't get one of the top offensive linemen in the draft, like uh, cons- like Werfs or uh, Wills or one of those types of guys. But they got a good stud um, offensive line prospect. And that's really important, especially when you have a guy like Tua, who's a little bit undersized, who, um, who, who has a history with injury. But I think that we can all agree if Tua stays healthy, I mean, this is a great pick for the Dolphins. His reward I mean, Tua, is high. Exactly. I think the only real downside that I've heard people talk about Tua is the injury problem. So if they can protect him, which this, uh, which their second pick in the first round does, he could be an insanely good quarterback in the NFL. He has a very low, um, a lo- very high floor if he can stay healthy. But that's the important part, if he can stay healthy. But um, honestly, if they get a good line around him and they're able to, to protect him and you know, keep him from taking those big hits, Tua could be a very dangerous weapon in this NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of teams that do bad, it takes a gutsy pick to be able to turn your franchise around. You know, teams that it is, I personally think that the NFL is the hardest league to rebuild in because it takes so much talent. You have 22 starters, you have a mm-hmm. kicker, you have a punter. I mean, you, you got 53 guys on a team. And to be able to revamp your roster to a quality team, you need to add a bunch of pieces. But it takes risks. And when you have a bad team for years, it takes a risk like taking someone like Tua, who has the ceiling of, you know, being the best quarterback of this draft and being an incredible quarterback in the league. It also has a downside. But taking safe picks like Herbert gets you to be that 6-10 and team for the next 10 years being below average, not surrounding him with enough talent, but you take a potential superstar that attracts players that could potentially put you on the long-term success. I love the pick. I would give the Dolphins probably an A, uh, for yeah. an A-plus on the pick. I'd give them an A-minus on the draft because I really like the Austin Jackson pick as well. I think they reached Camp Johnson. I completely agree with you there. I got to say, at 30, Jesse, I'm, I was honestly shocked last night when they picked the, the cornerback. I, I, for some reason, felt, and maybe they'll do it, because I think they have the fifth pick in the second round. I thought, for the life of me, they were going to pick DeAndre Swift. It would have made a ton yeah. of sense to me for them to get a good running back, especially after drafting a tackle. I don't, I don't know why the – I watched for tonight the Bucks trade up again and get DeAndre Swift. I was surprised mm. that the – I was very surprised the Chiefs didn't take him either. I understand why they get Edwards Alaire, though. Um, let's hop in. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Let's hop into uh next pick and let's start. We're going to start going this a little bit quicker as we go into less controversial picks. Giants picking at four, Jimmy. Less yeah. controversial. I <laughs> true, fair, fair, fair. All right, so with the fourth overall pick, the Giants take Andrew Thomas, uh, offensive lineman out of Georgia. Um, it was really between either going Simmons and going defense or going offensive line. I think everybody pretty much knew they were going one or the or the other, and I think everybody was leaning that they were going to go offensive line. Um, I mean, they have Daniel Jones, they have Saquon Barkley, and you, to to really have them shine, you really need a, a good offensive line. And Andrew Thomas is uh, what's it called? Definitely fits that bill. Uh, he's arguably the best offensive lineman in this draft, in my opinion. He uh, there's a stat he blew eight of 793 total blocks this year. That's less wow. than a one percent total blown bro- uh, block rate. Uh, that's insane. That's insanely good. He's a three-year starter from the time he was a true freshman. He was a five-star recruit. He um, he started. I think he started all of the games that he played at Georgia. Maybe he missed one or two. I heard that he had a slight ankle injury, um, but that's nothing serious. He won the Jacob Blocking Trophy for the SEC this year. He was a 2019 All-American, a unanimous All-American, and a freshman All-American in 2017 and a first-team All-American in 2018. He's a great run blocker, which is awesome for Saquon. It's going to open up a lot of holes on uh, 
whatever side he plays because he can play both sides. I personally think that they're going to play him on the right side for at least his first year and then maybe move him over to the left once Nate, uh, Nate Soldier's contract is over, which would be a, which is going to be a great day. Um, yeah, but I mean, he can some he needs work, uh, especially in the uh, in the pass blocking game. He sometimes gets off balance. He doesn't always, you know, dominate uh, in pass blocking. He's more content to just holding them off of the quarterback, which, you know, it needs some work, but that can be adjusted in the NFL. But I think from day one, he is an NFL caliber run blocker, which is great for the Giants because we really do love to run the ball. And he's a decent pass protector, NFL pass protector now. And I think that can definitely be improved. I think that, you know, I think it's a great pick. I'm giving them an A for this pick. Sure, Wills was still there. Um, Worse was still there. Becton was still there. But, I mean, if you asked anybody, you know, two months ago who the best offensive line uh, prospect was in this draft, they would have said Andrew Thomas. He has been consistent Mm -hmm. for three years in college football. Um, He's dominated on every single level up until now. I think that this is a great pick for the Giants, and um, I'm glad they took him at number uh, number four. It's also a massive dude, 6'5", 320. Not as big as Becton, your guy. I know, I, I know. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go into that in a minute. But that's not well, always a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Let's go into the Eagles next, Jordan. So we were really upset that uh, – the trade up for CD Lamb didn't happen. Fire Howie Rosen Roseman was uh, foolishly trending on Twitter, uh, <laughs> but the Eagles did land a very very good player in Jalen Rager. Uh, I'm giving that great uh, that pick a B. The only reason it's not higher is just because they couldn't get a trade up. This was absolutely the right pick at that moment. Better than taking Kenneth Murray. Better than taking anything else. Jalen Rager is so. Flipping fast. It is ridiculous. He might, he's just as fast as uh, Henry Ruggs. The only reason he's not as talked about like that is just because he went to a bad school and had a bad quarterback. He was dealing with a freshman quarterback this year, but last year his numbers were a lot better and his percentages were a lot better. But, uh, and he also ran a 4 4 7 at the combine, which was very uncharacteristic. At his pro day, he ran a 4 2. So, that's more in line of how fast he is. But that they got a burner for Carson to just throw the ball to and he'll catch it. And he also he's five eleven, but he plays like he's six four. Is this is this the probably the uh for, hold on to me one second. Is this the first speed guy that you've really had that can make a difference since you've had Deshaun Jackson? Yes. Uh because there were some other like like burner, yes. We've had other fast receivers since Deshaun, but not this fast. Uh, yeah, I mean the lasting, imp- like the impact that someone's speed could have, because Deshaun Jackson's speed was a nightmare for cornerbacks and safeties. Yeah, uh, Jalen Rager is that fast. He's physical Jimmy, too, and very good. B. Jordan, he ran a four-two flat. A uh, four-two-two. Wow, that's, that's a very, yeah, at his pro day, it was, he was clocked at a four-two-two and a four-two-eight. That's insane. Wow. I, I wasn't very familiar with the guy before the pick, but seeing but hearing about him now, I think he's a great addition to your squad, especially because he can kind of offset Aguilar a little bit, who's more of a big Agu- receiver, not as Alshon. fast, who can jump and grab. Oh, Alshon, I'm sorry. Uh, Aguilar. Well, they we still have speak that name Aguilar, in Philly. Yeah, he can't catch though, so. Yeah. But I think <laughs> it's a, he had some variety to that to that uh, wide receiver core. I think it's a good pick for you. I mean, of course, CD, CD or Judy would have been uh, a lot better or even Ruggs, but I mean, with the pick that you had, you didn't have to give up anybody to get them. I think that's a good pick for you guys. I agree. Hurts my heart to say that as a Giants fan, but. Let's go into the the thing though. I I feel like they could have had him in the second round. Not a shot. Especially with, with Brandon Ayuk going like a few picks after, not a shot. Not till yeah, I kind of, I, I, I kind of yeah, agree with consider, Jordan on that one. Considering Justin Jefferson was picked right after him, and he's only five ten, he is fast, but Zach Ertz gets the ball ninety five percent of the time in that offense. Hey, but it helps him even more because it opens the field up a lot more. The Eagles, the Eagles are their most successful when they have any semblance of a deep threat. Twenty seventeen, we had Torrey Smith. Twenty eighteen, Torrey Smith was out, replaced him with Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace gets hurt. Uh, 2019, we brought that was this year. Brought Deshaun Jackson back. Amazing week one, got hurt. 
So that ha- that's been the missing link is a deep threat. So now we have some insurance behind mm-hmm. Djax. Speaking of Jefferson, let's go into the Vikings pick. Oh, you know me. I'm taking these Vikings picks. Just got to tip my cap real quick. Rick Spielman, general manager of Minnesota Vikings, brought out the brooms last night, folks. <laughs> Listen, as a New York Knicks fan, I know what it is to feel pain on draft day. All right? I know that feeling. I know that feeling. But last night, I went in confidently because the Vikings, you know, we lost some guys in the offseason. We lost Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. We lost guys like, uh, uh, what's his face? I think Everson Griffin. We lost, uh, who else did we lose on the D-line? Linval Joseph. So the Vikings had a lot of holes that they had to fill, along with losing Stephon Diggs. But uh, in that day that Stephon Diggs got traded, and I knew that we had that, 27, that 22nd pick, I said to myself, I want Justin Jefferson. I knew he was probably going to be the best receiver on the board at that time, you know, given that the Eagles didn't take him. And last night, the stars just aligned into the sky and fell right into place. And uh, the Vikings got their guy, Justin Jefferson, 6-1, LSU guy, national championship. He's got great hands, great arm length, good body control, ran a pretty good 4-4-40. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's a good enough route runner to where it eliminates that problem. Uh, just to break down some of his stats, because, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit. He was first in the country, first in the nation, baby with 111 receptions last year. Joey Burrow just attacking him, just throwing it to him every which way. 18 touchdowns, second in the nation, only behind Jamar Chase, LSU guy also. And he had 1,500 receiving yards last year, which was third in the nation. So first for receptions, second for touchdowns, third for reception yards. This guy is a stud. He's the total package. He is going to be as good as Stefan Diggs without the Twitter account. I can't wait to see him play with Kirk Cousins. I, I give that pick an A. I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, thank you, and Howie, the, for not taking him. And the no, Eagles wait. drafted a dude who's my height. <laughs> good job, Eagles. And uh, we had the 31st pick because the Niners traded up to get Ayuk. Uh, this pick I liked because it addressed immediate need. We got our cornerback core got wiped out this offseason. Xavier Rhodes, he had to go. Good riddance. But losing Trey Waynes and uh, Mackenzie Alexander hurts a little bit. Last year, we I think we were fifth in the league in turnover ratio, but all of our turnovers were coming from the linebackers and uh, edge rushers. So our secondary was getting hurt all year. So we went out and got Jeff Gladney. Uh, he's a cornerback from TCU. Uh, last year, he had 14 pass breakups, which is eighth in the nation. Okuda had nine. Henderson had 11. He's a physical you know, he's a physical uh, cornerback, even though he's only 5'10". He has a dog demeanor. He's always willing to get down and make the tackle, which is something that Xavier Rhodes kind of struggled to do at time. And, you know, he is 5'10", which a lot of people, you know, they'd be concerned that he can't handle bigger wide receivers. But I was watching some, uh, some film last night, and the thing that he seems to be best at is he has a really good stop-and-go motion. He's always good at staying in front of the receiver, having his eyes back to the quarterback, tracking the ball, knowing it's where, you know, where it's going to be. And uh, I just think it's a great pick because he's a playmaker at cornerback, and the Vikings haven't had that for a long time. So I give the Vikings an, an A, A-minus in their draft. Yeah, let's transition to the next one. I mean, I'm not going to argue with the Vikings fan over their picks. I, I like oh, I'm not taking no Vikings slander. I'll shut <laughs> it all down. Um, let's go into the next one. Let's go into the, my New York Jets here. Um, the Jets have had an – I don't even know. The Jets have had an interesting way of drafting um, for the last few years. Uh, new general manager under Joe Douglas before they had Mike McG- McGowan, uh, McGowan, something like that's I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, they would take the best player in the draft every single year. It was whoever's best available on the board they would take. They did it with Jamal Adams. Um, they did it with uh, Leonard Williams. They did it with um Quinton Williams and it's turned out good for them they've had some quality pass rushers in Leonard Williams they've had uh some quality playmate they've had Jamal Adams has turned out to be a monster for them but this is the first time where the Jets had a pick and I didn't think that there was one player that was the best player on the board and clearly neither did they they went for the first time in a while besides with Sam Darnold when they went to pick quarterback but I also think Sam Darnold was going to get taken there regardless if it's the Jets. You know, he was needed by so many teams, so I'm happy the Jets took him. 
This is the first time they went and addressed the needs for the team. They needed a wide receiver, and they needed offensive linemen. A little sad about offensive linemen before you really quick for the Jets. By almost the end of the season, the Jets were playing without four of their five starters on the offensive line. But somehow that team, that group of the backups did better. So that's how bad we know that the Jets' offensive line is if, if a lot of their backups were actually doing better than their starters. Um, he's the largest O-tackle to come out since uh, Trent Brown, who, by the way, has a $36 million contract right now. Uh, Makai Becton, I like the pick. I was, if you, uh, my boys on Zoom last night were a little, I was a little bit iffy at the time, but I like the pick now. He is a high-risk, high-reward pick. We talked about it before. You need to take risk when the team sucks. The Jets suck. He is a Physically, he is a monster. So I like the pick there. I think that he is the intangibles to be a stud offensive tackle. The only thing is, is I, would, I preferably wanted a receiver, but I like the offensive tackle pick for the Jets. It fits their needs. It is a high-risk, high-reward pick. He could definitely be, if he turns out to be a superstar, the best offensive tackle out of the draft. We're going to give the Jets a B-plus on the pick. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, an okay rating. I mean, I have a couple of uh, of concerns about Becton. I mean, he he's 375 pounds. He's six seven. He's huge. But he ran but, a five one, which is insane. Yeah, I, well, I don't, I'm not going to talk that much bad stuff about this guy because you know, on the off chance that he hears this and comes and tries to find me, I can't <laughs> run away from him. And he's 375 pounds. <laughs> but um, I've heard things that he's had some weight problems i heard that he was up to like 390 or 395 at one point this season um he also didn't play much great talent in at at louisville didn't face many you know top end edge rushers uh he played clemson you know he had a decent game there but i think he relies a lot on his physicality and his athleticism to win those kind of battles which is going to be a lot harder to do against nfl caliber pass rushers and i think that he needs a lot a lot of work in the tech uh in his technique of how to actually be an offensive lineman in the nfl if he has a great teacher who can teach him all this and he's willing to put in the work the guy could be an insanely good player in the nfl he could be the best offensive lineman out of this draft he could be a hall of famer if he has the right coach because he has all of the physical gifts but that that's a lot of ifs at this pits uh, at this pick uh tristan worse was still there i think that that would have definitely been the safer pick but um, I understand the pick for the Jets, and, you know, I think it's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I know he definitely needs to work on his pass blocking, which is going to be which is going to be for start of success. So he needs to work on his pass blocking. I just loved intangibles there. Again, high risk, high reward. When, when your team sucks, sometimes you need to do it. Let's go into our last pick because we're going to need to – we're at the hour mark right now. The Carolina Panthers, which I think a lot, this was surprised a lot of people. Take it away. Um, yeah. So I mean, the Panthers. Most people thought that they were going to take defense here. Uh, Isaiah Simmons was still there. So uh, what's it called? Before the pick, everybody was like, "Are they going to take Simmons or are they going to stick with Derek Brown?" They decided to stick with Derek Brown, the stud defensive tackle out of out of Auburn. The guy's six five, three hundred and twenty pounds. He has 33 career tackles for loss at Auburn with 12 and a half sacks. The guy is a great run, uh, run suffer. He is insanely good in the run game, and he could de- he could develop into a great pass rusher. Also, he kind of reminds me of like a Fletcher Cox, you know, that stud on the inside of the uh, defensive line that can kind of you know hold it down for you. He has an elite combination of size and strength and athleticism. I think it was definitely a really safe pick. I don't see this man being a bust. Uh, like he, he has such a high floor. Um, he he can, uh, yeah. So they definitely need to completely revamp this defense. They just mm-hmm. lost Luke Keekley. Um, They don't have many other uh, weapons on that defense. I think that they were either do we do we go with the hybrid linebacker, or do we go do we start this rebuild with the defensive line? They decided to start with a defensive lineman, and I don't think they could have picked a better one at that pick. The only other defense, better defensive lineman is Chase Young, and he went second overall. I think this is a great pick for him. I have him as an A-minus as a rating. Um, 
yeah, I think that, you know, the Panthers are a couple more pieces away from having a decent defense once again. Let's yeah. go into let's go into one last thing really quick. Cam, go. I think this pick was a it was an absolute need for the Panthers. As you mentioned, they gave up Luke Keekley. Well, not gave up Luke Keekley retired last year. Uh, but this is a Panthers team that last year gave up the most yards per carry that they've ever seen in franchise history. And I love the comparison to Fletcher Cox because, like you said, it, this is really such a safe pick because he showed at Auburn that he has such a high floor. His game's so polished. You know, he's not. The, you know, he's not. He's never going to be a great like a uh, pass rusher. He's never going to be that type of guy. But what he's going to do is he's going to bring bolster to the defensive line. He's going to help the Panthers stop the run. And if they're going to rebuild their defense, you can't start at a better place than this. Yeah, I, I love the pick too. Let's go into one last thing. No need for explanation here. This everyone's winner of the first round, everyone's loser of the first round. Jordan, why don't you go first? Your winner and loser. Winner of the first round, probably. I, I'm gonna have to go with the Jerry Jones. Like he specifically Jerry Jones more than the Cowboys, because <laughs> Jerry Jones has been in this contract battle with Dak Prescott, and now. There is literally no excuse for Dak Prescott to underperform this year. He can Jerry Jones can push off signing Dak to the big money, uh, but at the same time, now Dak might be more incentivized to sign a smaller deal than what he wanted. Good but uh, and leverage could become even more if he drafts Jalen Hurts or something like that. But Jerry Jones, that smile on his face after he picked Ceedee Lamb, he was so happy with himself. And a quick loser, real quick. Quick loser. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, oh, geez. Well, on the spot, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals that Isaiah Simmons pick. I, I just, because as of right now, he was, they announced him as an outside linebacker. Now he's an inside linebacker. I think that I don't know if they know what they're doing with him. That's all. And you said you think he could also play safety. I think he would be a hall of fame safety. I, but if they ask him to rush the passer as an outside linebacker in a 3-4, which is what they run, he it's going to be a, it's a mess. But he's listed as an inside linebacker on their website, uh, on their official roster. So it's he it's not all said and done yet. Interesting. Cam Smith, let's go to you. Winner and loser. Uh, winners I think if we quick. know who the winner is. I, you know, I'm so, I'm so tempted to say the Vikings, but I'm going to stray away from it. I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins, just because, as I mentioned earlier, I love the risk on the Tua pick so much. They replaced Laramie Tunsil with the O-lineman from USC. The third pick at the end of the round is kind of give or take. You know, maybe management sees something in him that the rest of us don't, and that's fine. Losers, I love to say this one. It's the Green Bay Packers, baby. They traded up to get a QB with a terrible decision-making process, and in the process of doing that probably created a lot of locker room drama. So can't be any happier with the situation in Green Bay. Jimmy. All right. So my winner is going to be the Miami Dolphins. I think they grabbed a franchise guy in uh, to attack of Aloha at five. They also added a, a good offensive lineman and then added a cornerback on top of that. I think they had a great draft. Um, I, I think that these guys can make, can have instant impact on this team and especially if they are able to grab a running back or another weapon for Tua in the uh in the second and third round uh Eno Benjamin is another name to look out for he's probably he's probably going to go in the third through fifth round somewhere in between there out of Arizona State I think he could be a great weapon for those guys um I think the first round winner is the uh the Dolphins and for the losers uh it's a little hard to say um I mean, I definitely don't like the Green Bay pick. I think that that's a little, you know, iffy. But I think I'm going to go with um, the Raiders. I mean, yeah. I just don't get rugs at, at um, 12. Yeah, at 12. Um, and the cornerback, I thought that there were better options there. Um, McKinnon out of, um, out of Alabama, I have a really high grade on. I don't understand how he's still there. Um, I think they could have taken him. Yeah, I don't him. get it. I was shocked that yeah. he fell past 20, to be honest. They yeah, were both too. Gruden um, picks to the core. Yeah, yeah, they really were. Mm-hmm. They're either going to make him look like a genius or make him look like a complete, you know, idiot. So mm-hmm. I, I think right now I just don't like the Henry Ruggs in front of C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. I just don't understand that. I don't pick. get it. I don't I'm get it I'm going to say either. that the biggest loser is Vegas. Cam Johnson. Uh, I'm going to have to go the biggest winner is Tom Brady slash the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay What's Buccaneers the have essentially – they've essentially won the 2020 offseason. 
you know, signing Tom Brady, trading for Gronk, drafting Tristan Wirfs, who is arguably the best um, offensive lineman in this draft. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking quite sweet for the 2020-2021 NFL season. And then my loser is a one Mr. Joe Burrow. How unhappy did Joe Burrow look to be drafted by the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals? Buckle in, Joe. You're now going to be battling it out with Andy Dalton in freezing weather in Cincinnati, Ohio, while going 1-16 next year. Have fun. Yeah, I'll finish it off. I think the biggest winner for me is Drew Locke because he's going to get two big wide receivers to throw the ball to now. And he has a great, and he has two great running backs in Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. And I think, I just, I think the Broncos made a great pick. Jerry Judy, again, I said this was like a no-lose situation for them. They take CD or they take Jerry Judy. The perfect pick fell into their hands. I honestly think if they were at the 10 spot, they would have done the exact same thing. They didn't have to trade up to get their, uh, what I thought was one of their guys. Love the pick for the Broncos. I think that that's going to have a huge impact on a young quarterback, as well as the fact that they got a great running back um, in the offseason. The loser, I agree with Jimmy here, has to be the Las Vegas Raiders. You are moving to a new stadium. You need a hype. And you completely overreach for two players. Not the way to get the fan base excited. Not the way to get new fans excited. Okay. I get it. Henry Ruggs is going to be ex- maybe exciting to watch because he's fast, but he is, but you know, it puts people in, you know, you got to win. And I, I completely disagree on the overreach on two picks. If you want the players trade down, get, get more picks in a draft like this, which is so stacked. This like this, this is, the, I agree. This is the typical Gruden move, but I don't understand why you don't trade from 12 down to fi- like 16. Go tell someone, you know, someone will trade up with you. Even if it's not for that much, go get Tristan an extra. Tristan Wirfs is still there. Exactly. Go get an extra pick. You know, same thing at the uh, in their late first round pick. You want the cornerback there? Drop down to 25, 26. Why do you need to draft him at 18? I don't get it. So, uh, biggest loser for me, Las Vegas Raiders. That Jordan, is that the wrap on our show? Yes, that's all we got for today. So, that's a, Jordan, tell them, tell them a little bit how, how you're posting and how they could find us, uh, find out more information on the show a little bit and where you're posting everything. So you're hearing us on Spotify. You can find us on Twitter at All In with Jesse Levine, and we're going to go around the table sharing our ads if y'all want to. Just that way you can further engage with us. You can follow me on Twitter at O-T-F-J-O-R-D-O-N, at O-T-F Jordan. I'll just say Jordan has some really, really, really good takes on. I'm Twitter. a great one, Twitter follow. Pro, pro, I will say one of the, pro, for for someone that you know doesn't probably get enough attention. Jordan's Twitter is on fire at times, and he's had some incredible takes. And uh, Jordan was on fire last night, tuned in on the NFL draft, which I saw a lot of. Um, go check him out on Twitter. You will, you will, I guarantee you will not unfollow him unless he tweets too much. You may unfollow him then, but <laughs> his. Uh, his t- he's great on Twitter. Um, for me, at Jesse Levine thirty on Instagram. I'm on Twitter here and there. I really just retweet stuff, so I'm not don't don't follow me there. Uh, at Jesse Levine thirty on Twitter. Really quick shout out also tonight. If if you could hear this before eight p.m. tonight, the company that I run, Athletic Genetics, we're doing a great Q and A interview with a professional soccer player named Giuseppe Rossi, former Manchester United player, currently plays on uh, Real Salt Lake out in Salt Lake City. You do not want to miss that. That's going to be a really cool interview. Athletic Genetics, Giuseppe Rossi. Check us out tonight at 8 p.m. if you could hear it by then. If not, the next 24 hours, you can listen to it. Um, yeah, Jesse Living 30, and go check out that interview because that's going to be awesome today that we're running. Cam, how can they find you? I'm at Cam Smith 35 on Twitter. Follow me for the best draft analysis. They call me the Adam Shafter of St. John's. Talk to me. <laughs> Come on. Cam Johnson, where do they find you? Uh, you can find me at JohnsonCam23 um, for some pretty good content. If you want to follow me, I'll send you some fire tweets. Um, I send out tweets every day. I find great ones. So if you're in for a good laugh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I also have my <laughs> website on there. So if you're looking to get a little wild on my Twitter, definitely hit that follow button. and uh, Definitely slide in the DMs. Sending- 
we we can definitely have a nice uh a nice you know back and forth sending each other tweets and the person that hasn't posted on instagram in four years jimmy where can they find you uh yeah exactly <laughs> i don't use uh <laughs> social media that much but you can definitely hit me up at my AOL AIM instant messenger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Find him uh, on Club Penguin. <laughs> yes. Throw me, throw, throw me a friend request on Club Penguin. And uh, I also accept handwritten sentiments uh, and letters. Mm. So, yeah. So if you're Do you have a P.O. box that you send that to? And he's single. <laughs> and he's single so. Beautiful. Send it directly to St. Gotta John's University. It. Send it to Bobby. He'll know how to send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Guys, that is all for us this week. Come back. We record these shows every Friday. Jordan, of course. Jordan's going to put them on air for all of us. Check, check us out. Let us know what you think on it. And we'll be back every Friday recording these shows. We're going to come back next week. We'll see what happens. We don't even know. I mean, we'll talk about rounds. We'll talk about the rest of the rounds. We may go into a little bit more basketball. Hope. I mean, the world's changing every day. We'll, we'll have a topic by probably Wednesday or Thursday next week, and we'll come to you next Friday live. Jesse, I got a draft insider scoop before we go. Go. Bengals today, they're going to take Denzel Mims from Baylor. They're going to give Burrow a big body. Wait on it. It's happening. All right. All right. We'll have it on air, so we'll know. Anyway, guys. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in and let us know your thoughts on the show. And again, we'll be back here every Friday. Check us out and let us know your thoughts. Catch you guys. Until then, peace out. Stay safe.